Welcome to the Cross Current Radio Show, your spiritual speaker's corner, broadcast and podcast. Over 2,000 years later, and Christ's question is still on the world's front page, who do you say that I am? The destiny of every person who's ever lived ultimately rises or falls based on confessing with their mouths and believing in their hearts the right answer to this question. In this series, we're taking you in the studio and on the street with our outreach radio team to experience firsthand some of the crazy answers people give to this question. But in the end, what's truly important is not what others say about God, but what God says about himself. That's why we also encourage you to stay tuned until the end of the show when TCC radio host and local missions pastor Corey McKenna opens God's Word to teach through vital truths we all need to know about what God says about Himself. But now, let's get this show on the road. In the studio and on the street with the Cross Current Radio Show. All right, well, this is Corey, and we are here on TCC Radio, and we are talking today with, first name? Chance. Emily. Brittany. So we're actually giving coverage. We're sort of joining the world in conversation about a recent issue of Life magazine. And for those listening, it says, Jesus, who do you say that I am? First question, very simple question, is who do you personally say that Jesus is? Go for it, Chance. A failure. <laughs> failure? Fable or failure? Do you believe that he existed? No. no. Okay, so, so just a, a construct. Yeah. Okay. What do you believe? There's no Jesus whatsoever. There's no Jesus, so not whatsoever. What do you believe? He's your, 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 your own Jesus, pretty much. You're your own Jesus. Boy, those are three. You guys talked about this before? Those are three very different views. Okay. Okay. So, um, do you guys have any guesses as to what, throughout the years, other people have said about Jesus? Who is Jesus? What, what, what do you think? That, any guesses as to people we've talked to, people in the media? What are some various opinions about who this guy was? A savior. <laughs> a savior. Okay, that's a religious one. A hero. I don't know. A the hero? Okay. supposed to be up in the sky that's not there. God says we have this guy. I'm getting the vibe that you're an atheist. I told you I was. I'm, I'm not the swiftest guy, but I caught that. Okay. And uh, what do you believe? He's fake. He's fake. He's okay. Fake. All right. So what do you guys believe? Ultimately, what's more important? What others say about you or what you say about yourself? What do you believe? What you say about yourself. That's more important? Yeah. Do, I don't do you care what others say? Okay. What do you believe? <laughs> What you say about yourself. You say about yourself, same? What you say about yourself. Okay, so let me just share a few things that Jesus is reported to have said about himself. Let's get your feedback on these. Listen up carefully, okay? Uh, one thing, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. I am the Christ, and you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming with the clouds of heaven. Uh, for this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks in the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up in the last day. Here's one more. John 14, 6 says this, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. What do you think that Jesus meant by that? What do you think that means? Um, he's like his dad's secretary. <laughs> okay, what, do you believe? what do you think he meant? No one comes to the Father but through me. I have no idea. I agree. He's like the secretary. Secretary. Okay. I've never heard that before. Interesting. Okay. 
Do you have any idea, and this is really important to understanding what people have said about who Jesus is and what he said about who himself, who, who he is. Yeah. Do you have any understanding of the backstory as to why this guy came, with the point of it all? Um, apparently he was supposed to start over the world or something, if I remember correctly. He's supposed to which, sorry? Start over the world. Start over the world. Emily. I have no idea what to say because I don't believe it. I don't either. So you don't believe it? Okay, that's fair. Caught that. Let me just give you the backstory, and then I'd love to hear your opinion on it. Here's what it says in the big picture as to why this guy came, okay? It says in Scripture, in the Bible, that we've been created by a loving creator. So we haven't evolved. We've been created in God's image and likeness. And what that means is that we've been created actually special. We're, we're, we, are, we are very special. The problem is, is that we've rebelled against our creator in that we've gone our own way. We've been rebels. We've turned our own way. We've, we've, as it were, sinned against him. We've broken his law, right? And, and see, we see that really simply in this culture. I mean, if I was to ask you guys really honestly, if you've lied or stolen, uh, if you've used God's name in vain, if you've, you've, if you've thought things that are not good thoughts, all these things constitute sinning against God. Sin is breaking God's law. So look, you, you don't have to be a religious person to know certain things are right and wrong. The problem is, is we choose wrong things repeatedly. We've all done it. And that's why it says in the Bible, all have sinned and fall short of God's glory. God's standard of goodness is actually perfect. Are you perfect? No. Nor am I perfect. So here's the problem. God dictates the standard. God is the righteous one. He said, here's my standard. Jesus said, be perfect as your heavenly Father's perfect. None of us have made that standard. We've missed the mark. So here's the thing, guys, is that if, listen please, if, if that was the end of the story, Realize that we've all willfully and intentionally violated God's law. We've sinned against God. We've, we've gone our own way. And because God is good, he must punish people for the wrong they've committed. A good judge in a courtroom doesn't let the, the criminal just walk free because he's sorry. The criminal's got to pay. Well, God says that he will make sure that every deed done in darkness, every time we've sinned, he will, he will make sure that we are punished for those things because his goodness, the character of God, demands justice. And here's the problem. He says the place of punishment is, is a lake of fire. A place called hell. Pretty serious. If that was the end of the story, if that was the end of the story, you know what? Here's, here's the bottom line. We deserve it. We, we've all done that. We've willfully done that. But God is also not just just and, and, and righteous. He's rich in mercy. Here's why Jesus came. God sent his son into this world to pay the fine in his life's blood that sinners owe to God to satisfy justice. Jesus comes into this world. He lives a perfect life. He gives his perfect life at Easter, right, as a sacrifice. He says, it is finished. He goes to a cross. He suffers miserably at the hands of Romans. But beyond that, the hatred that his own father has for sin and injustice and our sin, Jesus, uh, he takes on that sin. He becomes that sin. He pays the price in full. He dies, comes back from the dead three days later. Over 500 people see this guy in his resurrected body. And he comes so that why? So that he can save people. He can be their savior. The answer in the Bible to that question, Jesus asks this question of his followers. Who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you are the Christ. That basically means you are the Messiah, the anointed one. The one that was promised to come and save us from our sins. And now he says, if you turn from your sin, the words repent, you turn away from your sin, you put your faith not in your good works, not in your school, not in your family, not in anything else other than Jesus Christ alone to save you. He says, I will save you. I will, I will cause you to be born again of my spirit. I will give you a new heart with new desires, abundant life, all those types of things. But if we reject this gift, then God says, I still will make sure justice is satisfied. The problem is 
That's what hell is for, because we go to hell because we can never pay back this infinite fine or crime against an infinite God. So Jesus came, basically, to save people from the wrath of God and to save them into eternal life with him. That's the, the gist of, of why he came. Now, question here, do you believe that? No. Don't believe that? Not a thing. Nope. So now, if I could just, just for a minute here, look at my time real quick. If you guys were to, to say, this is sort of my worldview, this is my, my religion, what are your fundamental beliefs about what happens when someone dies? Um, nothing. Nothing? You just believe lights out? Yeah, pretty much. They get buried in the ground, and I believe in spirits. I think their spirit comes back, and that's as far as it goes. You believe in spirits? But you said you're an atheist, right? Yeah, but I believe in spirits. I believe in the spirits, and I believe in reincarnation. Reincarnation, okay. So so in terms of, uh, so you guys get three very different views here, right? So you would say, you say you're an atheist? I don't know. No God? I'm just nothing. You are an atheist? <laughs> I am. You understand that atheists are typically materialists. They don't believe in spiritual. I do. I don't okay, so you're sort of a hybrid atheist. Yes. And you're spiritual? Kind of. Okay. So if I was to say, and I'll, I'll just speak to Emily for a sec here. So if I was to say that uh, in terms of e even chance as well, um, when you say nothing happens, lights out, that's not at all what the Bible says. The Bible says that, that we die, it's appointed that we die once and then we're judged. We actually stand before God in judgment. That's what the Bible says. What do you think of that? No. You believe that? Do you guys, are you guys saying that that's not true? Yeah. Can I say one thing about that? You sure can. If you were judged by God, then God, God's not the real hero. The devil is because the devil doesn't reject you. The devil doesn't reject you? He accepts Work everyone. that out a bit. I don't know what you mean. He accepts everyone. He doesn't, like, discriminate against you by your sins. Okay, and that's a f fearful... The Bible actually says it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Hell is forever. Hell is terrible. Weeping, gnashing of teeth. Hell is not the absence of God. It's God's, God's justice poured out on people who've rejected him. But let me ask, are you saying for... You're saying that the Bible's not true? Well, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. So you guys have all you guys all agree that the Bible's not true. Yes. It's words. It's a storybook. Okay. So before we get to before we get to um, sort of quote unquote proving the Bible's not true or true, if you could please define for me what is truth, because obviously if you're saying the Bible's not true, you do believe in truth. I believe you live day by day. Whatever happens, happens. Okay. But do you, do you believe in truth? Do you believe that there's such things as truth? Sure. Okay. Do you? Yeah. Do you believe in truth? Yes. So what is what is truth then to you? Expo like define for me truth. Um, I have no idea. <laughs> you can't define truth? No. Okay. Emily, what is truth? I don't know. You can't define truth? Not really. What do you think? Truth? When the facts are there, then it's the truth. If there are no facts, then there's no proof of anything. Okay, so the facts are there, but what is truth? So you, you've told me how you come to believe something to be true, but what is truth by definition? What is truth? Oh, no, I've never read the dictionary. Interesting. So, guys, here, here's sort of where I'm going with this. You guys are making truth claims, right? So you're saying this is true, that's not true, the Bible's a storybook. I'm going on by facts. If there's no facts, there's nothing to prove that it's true or not, then... Okay, okay. is that true? Yeah. Okay, but well, what is truth? I don't know, but if there's no right, so, facts true, then nothing can be true. So how can, I, how can the facts prove something to be true if I don't know what truth is? How can I prove anything if I can't even define what I'm trying to prove? I don't know. <laughs> Hi, this is Corey with TCC Radio. We'll get you back on the street with Chance, Emily, and Brittany and I in a few. But first, here's how you can partner in the gospel with us. Canada needs Christ. Will you prayerfully give to our great mission of airing and sharing? Airing, this 
outreach radio show further across Canada and equipping more churches in Canada to share Christ? If so, go to thecrosscurrent.com give and choose the giving option that's best for you. We thank God for you and your partnership in His gospel. Hear this out, guys. This is really important because you know what? The reason, and I'm not trying to get you guys in sort of a, a bit of a shell game here. What I'm saying is that the Bible says that Jesus in John 14 says Jesus is the truth. It also says that your word is truth. Here, here's, what, here's what is true. If you don't start with God, you can't know anything to be true. This is the problem. Well, you don't know what truth is, though, right? Yeah, but how do I know that's the truth, then? Well, you don't. Exactly. So then what, you're, you're pretty much contradicting yourself. Not at all. Yeah, because you're asking me Because I can define what truth is. Okay, then define it. Truth is, is uh, that which, which conforms to reality as perceived by God. That's truth. So it all refers back to God. God is a starting point. Do you believe that there is a man up there in the clouds? I wouldn't say it like that. I believe that there is a, there is a personal... There's a personal God of Scripture who is, uh, who is all-knowing. Uh, okay, so, so let me ask you this, because you don't believe there's a God. Is that true? Is what true? What? <laughs> well, everybody believes in their own things, so it's true to some people, it's true to others, not true to others. It just depends who you are. Can, can I tell you a little shocker here? It actually says that there's no atheists. The Bible says that everyone knows God exists, and here's what they do. They suppress the truth, and sort of the picture there is, is if you could picture someone trying to hold a beach ball in a swimming pool, and it's, it's trying to bounce up. So in other words, they know things because you know it's true that if you walk across the street and a truck's coming, you're going to get hit, probably. That's true. What, what the Bible says is if you ignore the God of Scripture, you can't define what truth is. So here's the way this looks, guys. You're making truth claims. You believe things. You're probably moral people. Do you, do you believe in justice? Do you think people should be, um, do you think a murderer should somehow be held accountable for murdering? Should a murderer go to jail or something? Yeah. Why? Because they murdered someone, it's not right. Why did they take someone else's life? Okay, so we talked about truth, let's... Why did they have to take someone else's? They didn't do anything. Now I agree with you, and I can tell you why I agree with you, because that person was made in God's image. They're they're, they're valuable. Hold on now. God's a starting point. Let me ask you this, Emily. Why is it wrong... If you don't believe in God, why is it wrong for someone to murder? What if the murderer said, I think it's right for me to murder? Who decides? And they're in the wrong. But who, who says? They're in the right in their own mind. So they're right then? In their mind. Not in something, maybe to them they're right, but in other people's they're wrong. How do you know that you're not wrong in your mind? Because you believe that it's right. So then truth resides with you. Sure. Is that true? <laughs> sure. See guys, this is the point. I'm not just dancing circles here. Here's the problem. You guys know right from wrong. You guys know things to be true or false, right? You know right from wrong. You're probably moral people. Here's the problem. If you, if you abandon the Christian worldview, if you say God doesn't exist, you can't tell me why things are right and wrong and why it matters. If you could look Hitler, I'll ask Chance, if you could look, do you think Adolf Hitler was wrong for what he did? In a way, yes, but in a way, no. He had his reasons. Okay. So was it right because he had his reasons? So do you think if, if you can get enough people to think something's right, does that make it right? Not exactly. Okay. So do you think he was wrong? Somewhat, yes. You say it's World War II. You can look Hitler in the eyes. You, you go back in time, Hitler's standing in front of you, and you say, what you're doing is wrong because... It, well, maybe you would, but what's your answer? What, what do you say to him? You, what you're doing is because... Half these people are innocent. <laughs> and he says, wait, he says, I think they're totally guilty. Well, then I just shoot him or something. I don't okay, you shoot him or something. Okay, 
So you take you take justice in your own hands. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not much for talking. Here's the problem. Okay, but here's the problem. What what if I decide something different than you do? What if what if there's a whole population of people that says I, I think people with 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 black sweaters and dog hair on them, I, I I think those people should be eliminated from society. That's their opinion. That's their opinion. But guys, it comes down to someone has to set the rules. The problem is even amongst us four standing here, we don't have all knowledge. We don't have all morality. We need someone outside of us to set the rules, and that's what God's done. God said, you know right from wrong. You're made in my image. You're a moral person. You know truth. But what you do is when you ignore me, God says, if I can be really, really kind of cheeky here, you sound kind of foolish. I'm not saying you're stupid. You're probably very smart. But he's saying when you ignore me, you can't even account for these simple questions about what is right, what is wrong. And then we have people saying things like, maybe there is no right and wrong, when they don't really believe that. In other words, you don't live consistent with what you believe to be true. No, here's the thing. Unless you actually have physical proof that there is God, I won't believe in him. Do you understand that God's not God's not made of, of matter? God's not physical. He's spirit. I don't believe that. Okay, I know you don't believe that, but this is what he says about himself. So here's the problem, is if you say to me, I want you to prove the existence of something, and I want, I want to see it, touch it, taste it. I want you to do it in the physical. The problem is, is you have to prove something according to the nature of what it is you're trying to prove. And here's what I mean. I prove a chair the way you're describing. There's the chair. It's made of matter. I can sit on the chair. I can touch the chair. God has made a God is spirit. But you don't prove, you don't prove a spirit in the same way that you prove a chair or a table. You understand that? But he hasn't proved himself. He actually has. He said that he's made himself obvious. It says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech. Night to night reveals knowledge. What that means is creation, creation alone is proof that God's given that he exists. And everyone knows it. So here's the problem, guys, is what happens is that when you ignore that, and you can do that. I mean, you guys have been, again, very kind to talk. But when you ignore that, what happens is that you're really ignoring God. I mean, I'm just here to say, please really stop doing that. He's saying that's suppressing truth. And when we suppress the truth, we ignore God. We really sin against God. And he's saying, stop doing that. Turn away from that. And when we actually come to him in humility and and repentance and faith, then what happens is he actually doesn't just redeem my soul for eternity, which is really cool. He redeems my reasoning now so I can actually answer basic questions about life and why it works this way. But that's the good news of the gospel. Why does everyone have a different God? Well, it's very very simple to answer that. Psalm 96.5 says, All the gods of the people are worthless idols, but, but the Lord made the heavens. There's not a bunch of different gods. People make gods up in their minds, and I understand that. The Bible says very clearly there's the one true and living God, and anyone that's not him is fake, is not true. So that's the problem, and that's not my words, that's his. So he's saying there's either the one true and living God, or there's, there's an idol in, in the making. I, yeah, I have. I'm a pastor of a church. Why does it keep changing, too? Why does it change over the years? Now, now can, I, can I let you in a little secret here, too? What I find neat is you're still asking me questions, trying to get to the truth of the matter without having a definition for truth. Because if the Bible keeps changing and everyone's perspective on God is different, then why is the, the whole thing about God even there? Everyone is their own God. It's in everyone's mind. So you're basically saying whatever I believe is true is true? Pretty much. So do people who don't believe in gravity, do they float away? No. Okay. So gravity is true whether I embrace it or not? No, but it's there. There's no way fans or buts about See, it. It's interesting that no matter what I choose to believe about gravity, gravity's there whether I embrace it or not. In terms of the Bible, the Bible's the same way. God's saying this. 
just because you say you don't believe in him, he's actually made himself plain. Everyone knows he exists, and we ignore him, we turn our back, we go the other way. That's the problem. Hi, I'm Corey McKenna, president of The Cross Current. Will you help hear H-E-A-R at home with us? Thanks to ministry partners like you, we were able to send me into the field full-time on July 1st. But to equip more Christians online and to engage more non-Christians on air, we need your support. To pray, give, and go with us, visit helphere.ca. Personal. Uh. Let's get personal. Uh. And make sharing your faith a part of every day. Welcome to Let's Get Personal, a 60-second sample of personal witness training with The Cross Current. Your lost loved ones likely don't know that the cross is the climax of his story that God's telling for his glory. So open scripture and start from the start to share our part in his creation, our fall, his redemption, and his restoration. Because life's not about where God fits in our story, but where we fit in his. And that's just a glimpse of how TCC can help you and your church normalize sharing Christ in all your personal relationships. Personal. For more uh. personal witness center training, visit thecrosscurrent.com. Hello, this is Paul Washer, and you're listening to the Cross Current Radio Show. Hello again, this is Corey McKenna, founder of The Cross Current and host of TCC Radio, and welcome to part three of our series. If you've been with us since the beginning, you'll know that at the end of each episode, I've been opening God's Word to teach through vital truths we all need to know about what God says about Himself as recorded in the 8th chapter of Mark's Gospel. Because in the end, what's most important is not what others say about God, but what God says about Himself. And last time, we looked at the first truth God says about Himself in this passage— I am Savior. And this time, we'll tackle the second truth God says about himself here, and it's this, I am Lord. Mark 8, verse 34, And calling the crowd to him with his disciples, Jesus said to them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Christian, hear the word of the Lord. If you claim to follow Christ as Savior, then in your life, Jesus is either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. And your total surrender to Jesus as Lord is demonstrated in three primary ways. First, you deny yourself for your Lord. Second, you die to yourself for your Lord. And third, you follow your Lord wherever he leads you. First, Jesus says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself. In the original Greek, deny himself means refuse to associate with. It means that as a Christian, in the power of the Spirit, I refuse to associate with the person I was because this new creature and the old one are not friends. This is the foundation of true conversion. How do you know that you're a Christian? Because you're so sold out for following Jesus Christ that your attachment to everyone and everything else, including your own life, is comparatively and completely worthless to you. 
Does that sound like you, Christian? I hope so. And so your total surrender to Jesus as Lord is demonstrated first as you deny yourself for your Lord, and second, in your dying to yourself for your Lord. Look again at what Jesus says. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross. This simply means that as a follower of Christ, every day I die to myself and say yes to God's will and God's way. To deepen this point, let me share a bit of context for cross-bearing in their culture. One commentator says this, Cross-bearing was not an established Jewish metaphor, but the figure was appropriate in Roman-occupied Palestine. It brought to mind the sight of a condemned man who was forced to demonstrate his submission to Rome by carrying part of his cross through the city to his place of execution. Thus, to take up one's cross was to demonstrate publicly one's submission and obedience to the authority against which he had previously rebelled. Christian, you were once in open rebellion to God's authority over your life. But now that you've been reconciled to God through the cross of Christ, the Lord's calling you to take up your cross, to share in his suffering by wholeheartedly surrendering to God's will, obeying his word, and demonstrating publicly our death to self and new life in Christ, no matter what the consequences. I guess this dusts the idea of private faith, doesn't it? Cross-carrying doesn't just happen in private. It's mostly a public demonstration of dying to self and following Christ as Savior and Lord in everything we think, say, and do for Him. And so your total surrender to Jesus as Lord is demonstrated first as you deny yourself for your Lord, second, in your dying to yourself for your Lord, and third, in following your Lord wherever he leads you. Again, Jesus says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Obviously, these three are all interrelated, but follow here actually means to imitate Jesus. And it's interesting that the word usage makes it clear that following Jesus is to be continuous. It requires resolve and perseverance and faithfulness until the end. You know, Scripture teaches that obedience is really the litmus test of a true disciple of Christ because obedience leads to fruitfulness and Christ desires that you bear fruit or grow in Him to ultimately glorify Him. I'd love to teach an entire series on that point alone, but that's all the time we have today. Thanks again for listening to the Cross Current Radio Show. You can visit tccradio.com to access all things related to this program. And until next time, I'm Corey McKenna in the studio and on the street, keeping the cross current in our culture. Hi, I'm Corey McKenna, president of The Cross Current. Will you help hear H-E-A-R at home with us? Thanks to ministry partners like you, we were able to send me into the field full-time on July 1st, but to equip more Christians online and to engage more non-Christians on air, we need your support. To learn how to pray, give, and go with us visit helphere.ca. That's H-E-L-P, 
H-E-A-R.ca. We thank God for you and your partnership in His gospel.